Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey there, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person, and I am super happy to have you here. Thanks for listening today. This week, I'm talking about better for you buzzes, and today I'm talking about alcohol. Wednesday, I'm interviewing Lizzie Post, as in Emily Post's granddaughter, the etiquette expert, about the etiquette surrounding cannabis now that marijuana is legal. And Friday, I'm covering what to do to help you feel better when you're in one of those weird emotional times when you might be tempted to numb out so that you can get some clarity and relief before you decide that you're going to pour that glass of wine or pop that edible. You know, a little yin, a little yang. Today, I'm talking about alcoholic beverages and amounts of alcoholic beverages that take less of a toll on your being. I recently worked on a book about the liver called Regenerative Health. It's going to be out later in the summer. Keep an eye out for it. And the authors of this book were a dietitian from the Cleveland Clinic and a hepatologist, aka a liver doctor, from the Cleveland Clinic and the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Hanune, the hepatologist, had this to say about alcohol. He said, it's not the use of a bad thing. It's the overuse of a good thing that we need to watch out for when we think about drinking. So today, I want to cover how not to overuse alcohol and why you should even care about trying to do so. I've got three things to keep in mind when you're drinking. The carb content of your beverage, the alcohol content of your beverage, and the size and number of servings of that beverage. But first, let's just briefly talk about why overuse of alcohol is a bad thing. All right, let's look at alcohol use from a liver perspective. First of all, drinking taxes the liver because the liver is responsible for metabolizing the ethanol in your alcoholic beverages. Also, those alcoholic beverages with the ethanol are also a source of sugar, carbs, and calories. Three things that if you have an overworked liver you're more likely to store as fat in your liver. And the more often you drink and the more you drink, the more liver fat you tend to have. This isn't something that's on a lot of people's radar, but working on this book, I realized that fatty liver disease, even non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, is really on the upswing in a major way, thanks to our carb-heavy diets, general sedentarism, and yes, drinking alcohol. Fatty liver doesn't have a lot of symptoms until it's getting to the point where you may be running out of options for treatment. That's the bad news. The good news is that your liver can regenerate. Pretty cool. Only organ that can do that. Like a starfish, if you cut off one of its arms, it'll grow a new one, the liver. 
it can repair itself. And if you start taking better care of your liver, unless you are in the very final stages of liver disease, it can regain a lot of lost function. So you want to think about your liver when you're drinking. Also, alcohol is a neurotoxin. The episodes on brain health that I ran earlier this year were so popular. I know if you're listening, you care about protecting your cognitive function now and well into the future. And alcohol takes a hit on that. And studies have even found that alcohol causes a spike in insulin during the four hours after you consume it. So having chronically elevated insulin levels is an invitation for insulin resistance, which is when your body stops responding to insulin's cues to reduce the levels of glucose in your blood, not glucose in your gut, which is what I almost said. (laughs) So then you have a lot of glucose and a lot of insulin on hand, which cues the body to store fat, typically abdominal fat, which is the unhealthy kind of fat that can impair your overall metabolism and kind of put you on the road to cardiovascular disease and not to mention things like diabetes and aging more quickly. So is that a road you want to go down? I mean, maybe you don't care, or maybe you just haven't thought about regular alcohol consumption in those terms. But now that you have thought about it, you're interested in some tweaks you could make to your drinking that help you do it in a way that's better for you and your liver and your insulin and your brain. That's what we're talking about today. So the first thing to keep in mind is that you can look for lower carb options for your alcoholic beverages. The thing is, is that different types of alcoholic beverages have different amounts of sugar. And and that's something else Dr. Hunune would say. He would say that sugar is like alcohol without the buzz. Sugar takes a toll on your liver and drinking alcohol takes a toll on your liver. And then when the alcohol is packaged in a sugary, carby beverage, it kind of doubles the impact. That's not to say that drinking is bad. It's not. Think about it. Red wine is part of the Mediterranean diet, which has a whole library full of research to support its overall healthfulness and even its ability to support liver health in particular. People think that it's the antioxidant content of red wine, thanks to the polyphenols that are in the skins of the grapes that go into red wine. Also, enjoying a meal over a glass of wine with people helps you relax and unwind and foster a communal atmosphere, and all those things are also beneficial for health. While all wine is made from grapes, and grapes are rich in natural sugars, not all wines have the same sugar content. And if you can find a wine that has a lower sugar content, it will take less of a toll on your sugar and your insulin levels. Some wines are actually marketed as low carb. You can look for that on the label. But then some wines are just naturally lower carb because of the way that they are made. The longer a wine is fermented, the more the natural sugars are depleted by the fermentation process and the drier the wine. So the types of red wine that tend to be on the drier side include Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Sangiovese, Syrah, and Tempranillo. So choose those types of wine as opposed to maybe a very sweet Riesling or a white Zinfandel or a port or a sherry or something like that. And you will be choosing a better for you buzz. A typical beer contains 12 to 14 grams of carbs, whereas most light beers have somewhere between three and six and some have even less. We are becoming more carb conscious as a society. And that means more products are following in the wake of that consumer demand. So that's good. 
Something else that you could try that is pretty low carb is a hard seltzer. So it's like a seltzer that you would drink to wash down your sandwich with, except it has been fermented so that it contains ethanol. And most hard seltzers have one or two grams of carbs per 12 ounce serving. That's even less than a low carb beer. Hard seltzer is kind of sweeping the nation. So if you haven't given one a try, maybe check it out. I also really like hard kombucha. Kombucha is a fermented tea drink, which usually is non-alcoholic, but they have made an alcoholic version. It's called hard kombucha. And I find that these are great for a hot day. I have tried the June Shine brand of hard kombucha. I love their Paloma flavor, which is grapefruit. And then they have one that's berry flavored, I think. They were both really great. I like to have one after some yard work or on the beach, that kind of a thing. And they're pretty low carb. If you prefer hard liquor, gin, rum, tequila, vodka, and whiskey are all carb-free. Now, the thing about these liquors is that they have really high alcohol content, so we're going to talk about the serving sizes of these hard liquors in a minute when we discuss portion control. (laughs) But in general, that can be a pretty good way to go so long as you're not mixing your liquor with something that is also sweet and sugary and carby. So you want to mix it with If you don't like your liquor straight or on the rocks, you want to mix it with water or seltzer. Maybe you could put some bitters in there, squeeze of citrus, that kind of a thing, so that you're not having it with something like, say, cranberry juice or orange juice or Coke that also comes with its own high amounts of sugar. I've got two more things to keep in mind when it comes to drinking alcohol in a way that takes less of a toll on you and your being. That's portion sizes and alcohol content right after this break. So stick around. Okay, welcome back. Let's talk about portion sizes of alcohol. Now, there are guidelines in place for what is kind of an acceptable moderate level of alcohol consumption. And that is one drink per day for women and two drinks per day for men. Now, a drink is not a drink is not a drink. You know, it depends on how big your glass is and it depends on, you know, do you have kind of a bottomless glass of wine where you have a few sips and then someone's coming around and topping you off and you're not really sure how much you had? Technically, a portion size for women, one drink, that means five ounces of wine. So you really want to make sure that your quote unquote glass of wine is right around about five ounces. And the way to do that, I got this tip from Kristen, who is the dietitian on the liver book. She advises her patients to pour their wine into a measuring cup at least once before they pour it into their wine glass. I don't think you have to do this every time. We don't need to get like super controlled and dialed and freaked out about our portion sizes, right? But you do also kind of not want to be accidentally pouring yourself a 10 ounce glass of wine and feeling like, ooh, I'm so great. I only had one glass. (laughs) So you pour it into the measuring cup and then you pour it into your glass and then you have an idea of what five ounces looks like in your particular wine glass that you use the most. A serving of beer or hard seltzer is 12 ounces, not a pint, which is 16 ounces. And a serving of hard alcohol is one ounce for women and two ounces for men. So use your jigger. That's what it's for. You can, that way you can know that you're not accidentally getting too much. 
And let me tell you a little story. A couple of weekends ago, I went to a dinner party at a friend's house. I was so excited. We had champagne before dinner, and then we had a Manhattan with dinner. And I'm thinking to myself, this is so great. I'm only having two drinks, even though women are only supposed to have one drink per day. I feel like I often am trying to only drink on the weekends. And so sometimes I might have one drink on Friday and one drink on Saturday. But sometimes if I know I have an occasion, I'm going to have my two drinks together on Saturday night. So here I am thinking like, wow, I'm pulling this off. I'm only having two drinks. But I wasn't thinking about how much was in those glasses. I ended up getting so sick. And I thought back to the size of those glasses and they were really big. I mean, I ended up having more like four drinks than two. And I mean, no judgments. We all make mistakes. We all make decisions that maybe we then later question. But let me tell you, I paid the price. So think about those portion sizes. You will thank yourself later. And then the last thing you want to think about when you're thinking about what you're going to have for an alcoholic beverage without taking too much of a toll on your body is the alcohol content. This is also known as alcohol by volume, and it's often listed on the label of whatever it is that you're drinking, and it is abbreviated as ABV, which stands for alcohol by volume. Higher alcohol by volume means more calories. It also means more ethanol. And it also means a more impaired ability of your body to metabolize the carbs in whatever that alcoholic beverage that you're having contains because your body will focus on detoxing the alcohol first. Wine is typically 11 to 13% ABV, although you will find some low alcohol wines that go as low as only 5%, but some are as high as 20%. So, you know, if you're looking at the label and trying to figure out what kind you're going to get, look for those letters ABV. Beer and hard seltzer are typically in the 4 to 5% ABV range. Although some beers are what my husband calls high octane, and they have an ABV of 6 to 9%. So check the labels. Also, this is how you don't accidentally get too drunk and wonder like, what happened to me? Did somebody slip me a Mickey? Well, no, I actually just had a high octane IPA. Oops. Of course, liquor is also higher in ABV than wine, which is why that recommended daily serving of hard alcohol is only one ounce for women and two ounces for men. So again, use your jigger and be mindful of your mixers. That's it. That's everything I have for you on how to make alcohol less taxing on your body so that you can enjoy it and stay within the parameters of using a good thing in a good way. I hope you'll come back on Wednesday for my interview with Lizzie Post. She's the author of a book called Higher Etiquette and the granddaughter of etiquette expert Emily Post. And she is going to be talking to us about navigating the brave new world of legal marijuana. So I hope you'll come back. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 